Share Care, helping you find experts, the top minds in health and medicine. It's Share Care Radio with Dr. Daria Long Gillespie on RadioMD.com. Hello and welcome back. It is Dr. Daria. Now, what if I told you that you could make every single day a great day, make it productive, make it calm, and make it successful? My next guest is a behavioral economist and advisor to Fortune 500 companies to help people have their best days every day. She's the CEO of behavioral science firm Seven Shift, wrote the New York Times bestseller, How to Have a Good Day, and has been featured in Inc., Forbes, Forbes and New York Times, among other great outlets. Caroline Webb, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I hope you can make my day a great day. So you already <laughs> have just by joining us. So I'm very excited. Tell me what got you into this area in the first place, which sounds amazing, but what triggered it? Well, for the last 15 years, I've been working as a consultant and coach, helping people, helping companies actually often shift their whole culture in a more positive direction. And mm-hmm. I was always very interested in the individual dimension. What could an individual do to to make a, a positive shift in the way that each day felt? And I saw inside hundreds of organizations over that time. And over the, over the years, I realized that even people who are in great jobs, who are smart and aspirational, day-to-day are not necessarily having a great time, you know, often Mm -hmm. feeling worn down and weary. And that's Mm -hmm. confirmed by a lot of studies out there, you know, studies suggesting that 13% of people only are engaged in the work that they do, feel really excited and and Mm -hmm. attached to what they're doing. So I got Mm -hmm. very interested in what are the small shifts that people can make every single day that can make uh, the daily working experience feel more satisfying, more productive, Mm-hmm. And after all, you know, if you can if you can fix the small stuff, that adds up to possibly you know ten percent better day each day. That adds up yeah. to a lifetime of. I will uh, take that. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's so true. It feels like often a combination of people feeling not engaged in work and not excited about it, and then on the other spectrum, just feeling like they have so much to do that they're just constantly running and running, running, and always overwhelmed. Exactly. You know, you might love your job, um, but just feel really worn down from day to day. And I saw that so much. And I also saw how really small tweaks could make a big difference. So uh, that's what the book is about. I love it. Well, the next question is, okay, what are some of those small tweaks? Talk to us about one of your favorites. Well, one of my favorites is what I call setting intentions. And it comes from the brain science behind the way that the brain processes information. So Mm -hmm. we all uh, look around us and we think that we're getting a good grip on what reality looks and feels like. But actually, our brain can only process a certain amount of information. So if we tried to focus on every single thing around us, our brain would kind of crash like an Mm -hmm. overloaded computer. Mm -hmm. So what it does is it filters out most of what's going on around us. Mm-hmm. And so we have this, this sort of partial, edited version of reality that we're experiencing. And what our brain decides to filter out and what it decides to filter in so that we see and hear it is actually determined by what's already top of mind for us. So mm-hmm. that's how you can roll out of bed in the morning, spill your coffee, be in a bad mood, and then everybody seems to be a jerk. Because yeah. your brain says, okay, you're in a bad mood, so I'm going to notice everything that confirms that you should be in a bad mood. That really gives science to the, you know, getting up on the wrong side of the bed affecting Absolutely. your entire day. Absolutely. And there's, you know, that there is, it, it's not just your impression. Your starting point really does determine then what mm-hmm. you notice in okay. what unfolds. And so, of course, then the wonderful opportunity here is 
let's be more deliberate and let's be more intentional in what we want to have top of mind as we go into a conversation or a meeting. Mm -hmm. And you might have a terrible commute and you might notice in yourself that you're feeling grumpy. Deciding to notice three or four good things in the minutes that you have left in your commute will not only make sure that you see things you might have otherwise missed, you know, maybe someone helping someone up the stairs or maybe, you know, just a kind of cool hat that someone's wearing. Mm -hmm. But then because you'll have those positive things top of mind, your brain will say, okay, well, now I look for more positive things because that's actually the way that, uh, you know, I prioritize my attention. The brain's very suggestive that way, isn't it? (laughs) Suggestible. Suggestible, exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. So, you know, I like that because it's so fundamental. It's almost existential, you know, Mm -hmm. in a way that it kind of really changes your whole existence to to think about the fact you have this control over the way you experience reality. So you're saying that, you know, if I say I'm being a little bit uh, negative one day or frustrated and you think my intention is to be more positive today going forward. So you literally deliberately try to find the positive very yeah. actively until your brain kind of takes over. I've got a little technique that I use, actually, uh, which okay. is to check my aim, check my assumptions and my attitude, and check what my attention is going. And obviously that helps me remember it because they're mm-hmm. all begin- beginning with A. Mm-hmm. So I say, okay, what really matters, Caroline? What, what do you really want to pay attention to? Uh, and, you know, checking your attitude and assumptions within that makes sure that you're not... Uh, derailing what it is you're going to notice. So if I'm going into a conversation that I'm expecting to be a bit difficult, I'll say, okay, what really matters to me in this conversation? Well, it means matters more to come out with a collaborative outcome than that I score points. Mm-hmm. Bingo, you see something completely different. You're going into a meeting with people you're expecting to be jerks, you're going to see everything that confirms that they're a jerk. Mm-hmm. Go in saying, okay, I'm going to look for signs that these people are actually you know, decent folks then you'll see those signs that you would otherwise have potentially missed. And that's mm-hmm. quite transformational. It doesn't mean you turn a terrible day into an amazing day, but it can mean that you spot the gem that you might otherwise have missed if mm-hmm. you hadn't set more positive intentions. Yes, absolutely. And if you just that one little gem can totally change the way that meeting and the outcome of that meeting, which can affect the rest of your day and your week. Totally. totally. So, okay, so technique number one is to really setting your intentions and yeah. doing that really deliberately until the point that your brain will eventually take over and start doing it. But you really have to actively say, what do I really want to be? What's my goal here? Perfectly put, exactly. Okay. All right. Next, I know you've talked about ways to make your day go further. For all of us, mm. none of us have enough hours in the day, <laughs> and it seems to get worse every week. What are your tips here? Well, I think a lot of the time we focus on the what of what we have to do and less on how we're going to get it done. And actually just taking a few moments to uh, to think about the how can transform the way that uh, the, the productivity that we're able to squeeze out of the day. So one thing that is good to know about the brain is that when we switch our attention from one task to another, we lose some time and some mental mm-hmm. energy. You know, mm-hmm. when we've got a million things coming at us from all directions, we feel really scattered and stressed. Yes, mm-hmm. and so true. It, it can feel hard to get anything done. So a technique that I like is uh, something I call batching and zoning. <laughs> okay. What I mean by that is you look at what you've got to do for the day. You think, okay, what are the different batches of tasks? What are the types of tasks? There might be a bunch of calls. There might be time that you need to devote to 
checking email and really nailing the big mm-hmm. uh, the big responses you need to write. Um, there might be some deeper thinking time that you need to devote to some more important uh, tasks. And I find, first of all, gathering together your list of 14 things into three big chunks is quite calming. It actually mm-hmm. reduces the load on your brain. Mm-hmm. And then thinking, okay, when am I going to do those batches of tasks in groups so that you're mm-hmm. not constantly switching your attention from one thing to the next? So yeah. you, you will actually be faster getting your email done if you blitz it two or three times a day rather than two or three times a minute. Okay, and that's what I was going to ask you. Because email, (laughs) if I do nothing else, I could probably spend my entire day just responding to emails in real time and get nothing done. So I'm... (laughs) I think this is something I think everybody talks about. So you say do email... Just kind of consider it another one of those batches. Yes, batch together. Your, I mean, of course, many of us need to stay broadly online for long periods during the day. But the more that you can collect together your email in one batch or two mm-hmm. batches or three batches or whatever is really practical for you. And, those, you know, the zone of day that you might devote to it might be two or three hours long. I'm not saying that, you know, you, you don't really devote a good chunk of time to it. But you'll get through it much more quickly if you're not constantly asking your brain to switch from email to reading, to making a call, to browsing. Mm-hmm. Right. If you do one group of tasks together, you're asking much less of your brain in terms of switching its focus from one thing to the next. It's a lot less more. friction. I talk about yes. the friction when you switch from a phone call to an email, and it, no matter what, it takes a few minutes to get finished with one and then switch into the other. Absolutely. if you can just do a bunch in a series, you're saving that time. Absolutely. In fact, um, one study uh, which was sponsored by Microsoft suggested that when we get an email, if we're in the middle of a task, even if we don't respond to the email, it takes on average about 15 minutes to get back to our train of thought where it was before. 15 and, minutes? Just, yeah. and so, just, so do you recommend I mean, shutting it down? I mean, yes. what do you do? So, that's the next that's What the happens next if, you're, if your boss sends you an email? You don't want to be offline. <laughs> so, okay, so, tell me the so, next step. Yes. So, I mean, certainly you want to be thinking about how you can take yourself offline when you're doing work that really requires a higher level of, uh, let's say, focus or insight. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason for that is that uh, when when we multitask, because of those switches that we're constantly asking our brain to make, um, multitasking, we think we're doing things in parallel. We're not. We're actually... Uh, uh, our brain can only do one thing at, at, at once. And so mm-hmm. we're making these switches that so quickly we don't even realize it. Yes. Multitasking makes us much slower and it makes us make between two and four times as many errors. Mm-hmm. Which is I think amazing. of multitasking like drunk driving. It makes you worse <laughs> at what you're doing, but you have no, recollect, no, no recognition yes. of the fact that you are worse at it. Yes. So, you know, I'll yes. say it again, you know, you make between two and four times as many errors if you multitask. And obviously, the main cause of us multitasking is that we're checking email while we're doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, if, you, if you've got a piece of work that really matters, or even a conversation that really matters, you'll just be so much more like your best self. Mm-hmm. If you can take yourself offline while you're doing it. Okay. And, uh, you know, that means perhaps just quickly flipping your phone onto airplane mode. Mm-hmm. It might mean putting on big headphones uh, and, you know, really kind of blocking out amb- ambient mm-hmm. noise. It might be closing down tabs. It might mean switching off alerts and notifications. These are all things that have worked for me in the past. 
I do earplugs. I started using earplugs when I was studying for my medical boards and back in medical school. So when I really need to focus, I put in the earplugs and my brain realizes it's like shut down focus time. I love it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, what you're doing there is, yeah, no, but it it works partly because of what you just said. It's partly that it does genuinely uh, block out the noise, but it's also that it sends a signal and Mm -hmm. we've got very associative brains. So if you associate putting in earplugs with, okay, now I'm concentrating, Mm -hmm. then it does genuinely help put you in a certain state of mind. I mean, I've got a a playlist that I listen to, Mm. which, uh, which, you know, when I put it on, I only use it for work. And when I put it on, I know, okay, now is my writing time. Yes. Got it. Got it. So we have our (laughs) batches and your batches could be phone, email, things that require kind of thinking like mentioned, correct? Yes. Okay, and then our zones, how does that differ from batches? So that's saying, you know, imagine that you're looking at your schedule for the day and you're saying, Mm -hmm. okay, well, when would be the ideal time for me to blitz my email? When would Mm -hmm. be the ideal time for me to blitz the calls that I have to make? Maybe maybe Mm -hmm. you've got two or three that you need to do. When would be the ideal time to to do my deeper thinking? Mm -hmm. And if you can pick zones of your day that will be good matches for the work that you need to do for each of those batches, um, you're obviously also going to to help yourself um, sustain your energy. So, for example, for me, my prime uh, thinking and writing time is actually the afternoon. goes against what all the people say about Mm -hmm. early morning. I happen to be a really, really late night person. So for Mm -hmm. me, my prime thinking time is always the afternoon. So I think ahead and I think, okay, well, if I'm going to do, uh, if I'm going to write an article, I'm going to think about blocking uh, some time in the afternoon to do that. For me, you know, I would then sort of look at a half hour that I have between two meetings and I would say, okay, that's going to be a good zone to do some email blitzing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the morning, you know, that's a good zone for me in general to do calls and, and meetings with people. So okay. I think hard about what are the different zones of my day? How am I going to feel at each point in the day? And where, therefore, sh- what, what block of tasks, what batch of tasks would be great to slot into that zone? Okay. It sounds like you kind of do take a few minutes to look at this every morning, too, to plan yes. your day. Is exactly. that part of the intentional, being intentional as well about your time? Well, actually, yeah. I mean, I suppose there's a sort of, you know, a meta point behind the book, which is just saying, just taking a few minutes, not even that sometimes, a few seconds mm-hmm. to think ahead and say, okay, how am I going to get the best out of myself? It can be absolutely transformational. So yeah, I do look at my schedule. I look at my schedule, you know, actually some days ahead. And I sometimes see that in the middle of what would be a nice prime offline thinking time. I've got a call or I've got a meeting. So I'm quite proactive in actually getting in touch with the person and just saying, would you mind if we moved it? I mean, often Hmm. we just don't bother to ask and actually often it's totally fine. Right. And that's really true because we we often, those deeper thinking exercises, whatever they need to do, we often just put them to whenever I have time. But you really need to block out time for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, we go from day to day being reactive to the things that are most urgent. Of course, mm-hmm. we need to deal mm-hmm. with those things. But so often, the important things actually don't have a fixed deadline, and they do require a bit of uh, deeper thinking. And so mm-hmm. unless we block the time for, for that, it's very hard to actually uh, protect the thinking space. Now, let's dive in there. You were talking kind of about those bigger, deep thinking tasks. You know, 
how do you, a lot of times there, the task is so overwhelming, it's hard to get started and we tend to dance around it for a long time. How do yeah. we dive in? What do you think? Yeah, it's a great point. So our brain has uh, what's known as working memory, which is uh, essentially our kind of mental scratch pad. It's what you're using to listen to me. It's what I'm using to speak to you. It's that conscious place that we hold information while we're listening and processing and, and deciding what to do with it. And it's really small. <laughs> We've only got a small amount of capacity. I feel so. like mine's especially small nowadays between a, a toddler and work. My, well, now I have a term for it. I have working memory working limitations. Memory, exactly. I mean, uh-huh. the you. research years ago, we used to think that we could have seven things in that working memory. You might remember this idea that you could remember seven things plus or minus two. Actually, <laughs> more recent research in the last five years, maybe 10 years, is, is, is showing that it's much more like three or four chunks of, of information. Mm-hmm. And if one of those chunks is a blinking light on your phone or a toddler or a tab that's open on your computer that is just taking a tiny bit mm-hmm. of distraction, putting a bit of distraction into your field of vision, that can be enough to make to use up one of your four. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. of course, um, when we're looking at a very complex task, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed quite quickly when our working memory is full. Um, we, we feel stretched. We feel stressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one thing that you can do if you're facing a difficult task is to break it into pieces, break it into smaller pieces that you can uh, more easily wrap your head around or wrap mm-hmm. your working memory around. Mm-hmm. And um, I was for many years a, a partner at a firm called McKinsey, a management consulting firm. Sure. Yeah. One of the top ones. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And one of the techniques that they uh, they taught us very, very early on, I was there for 12 years in the end, um, is to break things down into something called an issue tree. So if you're thinking about, oh my goodness, how do I get more time in the day? And you're reflecting on this interview. Break the problem down into various different, you know, you might think about how do I approach my calendar? How do I think about my workspace? How do I think about um, the distractions that are around me? Mm -hmm. And once you start to break them down into these different components, these different issues, you're ask, asking your brain to do only one thing at once, and that allows you to use your mental capacity much more easily without getting overloaded. Okay. And then the other thing that you can do is simply to say, what is the very first small step that I can take? Mm-hmm. And the first small step is a very calming thing to, to ask yourself because very, e- very easily if we're facing a very big task, we can feel like it's too big to tackle. This is so true. the first small step is a beautiful thing to, to ask yourself. I love it. And Caroline, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. So if we not only focus on that very first step and also batch our day, because like you said, our brains are not made for multitasking, but batch our days to be the really the most productive and relax and enjoy what we're doing. Caroline, thank you so much. I want all of our listeners to know where they can find you, carolineweb.co, and also the book, How to Have a Good Day. We got just a taste of it here, which you can find on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You can find her at on Twitter at at Caroline underscore web underscore. This is Dr. Daria. You're listening to Share Care Radio on Radio MD. Tweet me at Dr. Daria with any of your questions. We'll keep this conversation going. And don't forget, go to iTunes, find Share Care Radio, subscribe right there, and you can listen to any of our segments. Thanks for listening to Radio MD with Share Care Radio, and stay well. Mm-hmm.